This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. seem to be a nation at war with itself what's the answer we start with these words listen Saturday morning at 2 a.m., 50, 50 American citizens were shot and killed 
in a bar called The Pulse in Orlando, Florida. It was a gay bar. At least 53 more people were injured. Today we stand now on the other side of the largest mass shooting in American history with the highest fatalities and injuries on record. We know who the shooter was. We know his motivation. As I listen to those words with you, a song that was written for this show because we felt we knew what was coming, that we would be divided. And if we're divided, as the song says, we'll fall for anything. So we need a path out. And I, for one, am tired of waiting for somebody else. I'm tired of the talk on television. I'm tired of hearing from the the political people in Washington, D.C. I'm tired of the same old arguments. The only thing that we can do is react. And how do we react? Do we stand and continue burying our faces in social media? Do we continue down a path of trivial problems and tolerances of evil? Do we run away when tragedy strikes? Or do we stand our ground? Will we stand and say somebody else is going to make a difference? It's how we react that sets us apart. I can't choose how you behave or anybody else, but I can choose how I react. I can choose to react with love and not, uh, and not hate. America has been reminded this weekend of what is important. And it certainly isn't anything that we've been bickering about. Transgendered bathrooms? Lies that Clinton told or Trump told? It's not the lesson that came to mind, at least for me. The lesson that came to mind was family and true freedom. The value of life. The difference between love and hate. And that all men are created equal. Those affected by what happened in Orlando had those things that we all hold dear taken from them. Their family mourns as their freedom and their lives were ended. And the love and the equality that they fought for are being threatened. Ted Cruz said this weekend that we're a nation at war. I believe we are. But first, we're at war, we're at war with ourselves. He said, every human being has a right to live according to his or her faith and conscience. And no one has the right to murder someone who doesn't share their faith or sexual orientation. While most of us were not personally hurt, when something like this happens, when evil steps out into the sunlight, we all feel it. Because we're a nation, but more importantly, when we're at our best, we're a family. And if it impacts one of us, it impacts all of us. 
No matter what religion, what race, sexuality, political affiliation, we are one. And in the face of tragedy, we as Americans have always chose, chosen to unite with each other. We unite with our families rather than push them away. You know this and I know this. The hatred on this planet and in this country is growing out of control. And fire is not successfully fought with more fire. Hate cannot be fought with more hate. We have to respond with something that doesn't make more fear and more hate. Love is so strong because it's the only selfless emotion. It's the first commandment to love God. Second greatest commandment is to love one another. Hatred, chaos, and violence doesn't come from God. Hate and violence and condemnation of others are true principles, not of God. You defeat evil with good. Unfortunately, so many of us are overcome by evil. Don't be overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. With honor and courage and love and honesty and humility and character and faith in something bigger than oneself and a lot of hard choices and hard work, we can overcome what ails this nation. Now, I know there are people right now going, oh, geez, Glenn Beck is going back on this nonsense of love. That's not what we need. Tell me you have felt right as a nation in the last year. Tell me it has felt right to you. Tell me you feel like we're our best self in the last six months. If you believe we have been, then I, I can't help you. I'm not the guy you should listen to. Or perhaps I'm the very guy you should listen to. If we unite on common principles, if we look for the best in others and expect it also from ourselves, we win. Martin Luther King said, the ultimate weakness of violence is that it is a descending spiral, giving birth to the very thing it seeks to destroy. Instead of diminishing evil, it multiplies it. Through violence, you may murder the liar, but you cannot murder the lie nor establish the truth. Through violence, you may murder the hater, but you don't murder hate. In fact, violence merely increases hate, and so it goes. Returning violence for violence multiplies violence, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Does that not sound like everything that is happening in the Middle East? Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. That's what's been happening in the Middle East, but we have caught the infection here because we have focused on what makes us different. 
We should be focusing and seeing ourselves as a nation of unique individuals that come together in common purpose and principles. If we turn the other cheek while standing firm in the truth, if we dismiss the easy answers and make the difficult choices, we make it. It's not going to be easy, and you're certainly not going to be popular. But the cure for all that ails us is simple. Do you remember the months following the Twin Tower attacks? How we smiled at each other and we hugged each other and we were kind and polite and we were loving. Nobody made it political for quite a while. The days following the the attacks, people actually walked slower and stopped to talk or comfort one another. Everyone seemed to know that even a warm, friendly smile and actual contact with somebody else's eyes in the streets of New York made a difference. The feeling was that an attack on New York was an attack on your family, your American family, that we were truly brothers and sisters. We've lost what it means to be neighbors. We're a great melting pot, not a separation pot. And that's what's missing in radical Islam. They're not looking to come here and be your neighbor. They don't love America or the American way of life. Too many Islamist American values are the enemy. I don't want to live next to somebody who considers me an enemy. But if you want to come to America and be my neighbor... And unite on what has made this country great, not what's steered us wrong, not what's caused our darkness, but what we aspire to be. Man, I can live next to you no matter how hard we disagree on policies. Some good news today, blood donations, the centers all across Florida overflowing with donors. And this has inspired people all across the nation. Why does it always take a crisis to remind us to help each other and to love each other? We're letting hate blind us. We're letting politics blind us. We're letting our own special interests divide us. And it's not a one-way street. Today, I don't have a lot of answers for you. I have answers for me and what I can do. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. But we're in such a difficult place. You have to decide what you're going to do. I will promise myself the same thing that I promised at 9-11. That I will speak the truth as I understand it that I will search for the truth to give me more understanding. But that truth will be the good and the evil. I will love and comfort. I will stand and protect. I will heal and not divide. But that divide, that promise to you and to myself, that comes with a caveat. Because the first thing I said is, I will speak the truth There's nothing more divisive than the truth, as you know, because we haven't heard it in a long time. 
how you can choose to divide yourself on the truth or you can choose to unite on the truth. But as I said, as I speak, I will also listen. I will stand for your right. Have I had the passion to love and stand for family above all else? Before I decide to point fingers and blame others, I will look at myself first. Have I stood up for petty politics while forgetting to stand for bigger issues of truth and honor and humanity? I can't claim to represent American ideals of freedom and equality if I harbor hatred and promote prejudice towards those I should be uniting with. At this time, actual enemies, not our neighbor down the street that isn't being taught to hate or teaching hate or planning death, but just our neighbors. At this time, actual enemies have declared war against the values and principles that we hold dear. I don't share nor agree with everybody's lifestyle. But boy, I will stand for everyone's right as an individual. And the house divided against itself won't stand. I can't stand up against a true enemy when I'm busy making false enemies of my friends. I will mourn those who have fallen. I will dismiss the man who tries to hold power over me. That man made his choice on Saturday night, and I've made mine. And I stand with the gay and lesbian community. I stand with you. I stand for you. Some things change, but some things never change. And one of those things that never changes is this. An injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere. And I will stand with you. I have made my choice. Because we are one. Now this, protect what you own. Protect what you have. You know, some people think they're entitled to have what you have. It's the way of leveling the playing field or an honest day's work to be a robber. Protecting your home and your family can't wait. Simply Safe has put together a special security system just for you. It has everything you need to keep your home and your family safe. Entry sensors, motion sensors, glass break sensors. Everything you need to stop criminals from ever touching your home or your family. And right now, you can get $100 off the package. It's already an incredible deal, $100 off, and there's no long-term contracts, no commitments for the monitoring. Right now, get $100 off the security package that's phenomenal. It's simplysafebeck.com. Best home security deal you'll find. Simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. Mercury. 
The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So glad that you've uh, tuned in today. Is this our road to Damascus? Could this be a wake-up call for the United States? Yet another wake-up call. I see Stu, or or I mean, I see Pat kind of grimacing, saying, no, no, no. But thank you for the hope, Pat. Yeah. Thank you for the hope. Happy to help. I I don't know what anybody else is going to do. This is just a reinforcement of what I'm going to do. And, uh... And let's see what others, let's see who else follows. I know I will act. I will act. And I will begin to carry a gun. Just want to throw that this in. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Back program. I find it interesting the way our um, our country and the media is is talking about this story as a mass shooting, as opposed to a terror attack. It's a mass shooting. We have to be really clear. The nation is at war from 9-11 to the Boston Marathon, from Fort Hood to Chattanooga, from San Bernardino to Orlando, our nation is at war, and it is at war in, on two fronts, with itself, in an effort to divide us more and more from the principles that we hold dear, the principles that made us a tolerant nation. We don't need to have the strong arm of the law Like so many others, before this president was elected, research showed that this was the first, first generation that did not see race. But because of politics, we now see race. That very generation now sees race. What are we doing to each other? Ted Cruz said yesterday, it is time for action. We need a commander-in-chief who will speak the truth and who will unleash the full force and fury of the American military to utterly destroy ISIS and its affiliates. We need to pass the expatriate terrorist act so that known ISIS terrorists cannot use U.S. passports to return to America and wage jihad. 
We need a president who is serious, who will identify the enemy by name and do everything necessary to defeat it. I think it's important that we have a commander-in-chief that has never helped the Muslim Brotherhood and can explain what the Muslim Brotherhood is in clear terms, can identify the, the enemy and not just read it from a prompter, but actually knows it because they care and they live it. Ted went on. The next few days will be sadly predictable. Democrats will try to use this attack to change the subject. They already are. As a matter of rigid ideology, far too many Democrats from Barack Obama to Hillary Clinton will refuse to utter the words radical Islamic terrorism. They will claim this attack like they claimed every other previous attack was isolated and had nothing to do with the vicious Islamic theology that is daily waging war on us across the globe. And they will try to exploit the terror attack Uh, to undermine the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms by law-abiding Americans. I will tell you this. I'm making a list of the things that I will do. I suggest you do the same. I will teach my children the truth in a more, hard to believe, fervent fashion. With more urgency. I will teach them the difference between good and evil. And the way I will teach that is I will speak out against evil. I will stand against it and I will stand for good. I will listen. I will learn. I will try to stay away from divisive politics But with that being said, the truth is what it is. And so you can either unite on the truth or you can divide yourself from the truth and live in a dream world that will only in the end cause more misery. And the other thing I will do is I will carry a gun. I will carry a gun. We live in a town here in Irving, Texas where the mayor is getting all kinds of heat because she said that we shouldn't have Sharia law in Irving, Texas, that there should not be a secondary law that the community of Muslims here in Irving, Texas can abide by, that we won't have Sharia courts. That the only laws we have are the laws of Texas and the laws of the United States of America, period. And for that, she is under fire. Now, you probably live someplace else. You may have a fight like this happening in your state or your community. But I know we have one here in Texas. We have one right in the same town our studios are in, Irving, Texas. And if you have people here who are fighting for Sharia law and will take this mayor down, and we are in a community where we just sit silently as she is taken down, because I don't know the whole story. Maybe she's a hater. She's not a hater. She says no Sharia law. 
We have a responsibility to stand with her. We have a responsibility to help her. She's a private citizen who decided to run for mayor, and now she's the chief hater in Texas. For standing up for American law? Standing up for the laws of Texas? It doesn't make one a hater. It makes one courageous. So, what are you going to do? Well, I'll stand with her. I will support her. My company will support her because we are in her town. And I happen to agree with it. But I will tell you this. Nobody's coming into my studios to slaughter. While audience members cannot come in with a gun. This is not a gun-free zone. The only reason why we don't let audience members to come in with a gun is because we do live television. And people would love to be famous. So no guns are allowed in the studio, but don't mistake that for a gun-free zone because we're not a sitting target. Somebody smuggles a gun into this building, we'll kill you, and we'll kill you fast. Because I don't believe in what Jimmy Carter said. I don't believe in first responders being EMS or the police department. That term started with Jimmy Carter. He's the one that made that famous that we all think that they're the first responders. It's a lie. We are the first responders. And if somebody wants to come into my place of business and start screaming about how great Allah is, and they start to even think that they are going to pull the trigger on me or someone else, I will pull the trigger on them. We're not calling the police and waiting for them. We will be the first responder. But with that comes a great responsibility. You couldn't have had guns in a nightclub. You don't want guns on a dance floor where there's booze. There's some places like that. You just don't want to carry a gun. But by God, I'll carry a gun wherever I can. And I'll avoid those places where I can't carry a gun. Because the world is becoming a dangerous place. And those who want to take away your rights to a gun will show up. They're already here. There will be less talk about the Muslim Brotherhood and the infiltration of the Muslim Brotherhood in our own government and much more talk about either get them or on the other side how we have too many guns in America. We have to understand that the enemy we stand against doesn't just target homosexuals we've been saying this for years it's why i met with glad about a year and a half ago in new york but they wouldn't listen i am begging you i'm begging you if you're a member of the gay community please let's stand arm and arm please let's stand together we may not agree on everything we may not agree on Wedding cakes. But God Almighty, we agree on life. 
and we agree on your right and my right to have a different lifestyle and to live the life that you want to live. We agree on equal rights. Even though sometimes the rights of others piss us off. I ask glad, please, we'll never agree on whether somebody who has religious convictions has to make a wedding cake. I don't know why anyone would want somebody who doesn't want to make your wedding cake, why you would want them to make the wedding cake. But if it's a true religious conviction, not hate, but a true religious conviction, and they'll sell donuts and cookies and everything else and they'll welcome you as a as a customer but that one thing goes against what they believe and hold dear i don't understand standing against that because i won't stand against your right you've got to honor the other side but that's not what i ask them to meet on I said Islamic extremism and Iran in particular and a growing threat from ISIS. They are slaughtering homosexuals. They're slaughtering Christians and Muslims who aren't Muslim enough. But they are, they are targeting homosexuals. And it's not just in ISIS. It is in Iran. The words of the Iranian cleric that came to the mosque in Orlando, need to be heard a very soft-spoken man. He came from Iran and gave a talk at the mosque in Orlando and said, out of compassion, we must kill gays. It's the only way to save them. Can we not stand together on that? Do we have to agree with everything everyone says? Do we have to be 100% exactly the same in our thoughts? Or do I have a right to be an individual and to be sovereign in my individual thought and my individual action as long as I'm not usurping or crushing your right? If I'm trying to take away your life, your liberty, or your property... If I am crushing the rights that you were endowed with, well, then we have a problem. But just like if I want to be heard, I have to listen. If I want to have rights, you must stand up for those rights of those people that you are against. And I say this to both sides. We're either America or we're not. And we are at that point of choosing. Now this. Gordon Bond saw how guns were being made and he knew he could do better. And so he did. Every gun from Bond Arms can be converted to suit your needs. There are 25 different barrels that fit every Bond Arms pistol 
uh, and you can use 14 different calibers. This is one of the greatest things about these. For personal uh, protection, you want a gun that will stop any threat dead in its tracks. But you also need a gun that you have worked with and that you feel confident. The gun I carry is not my favorite gun. It's my actually my least favorite gun, but it's the one I'm best with. That's the one I carry. What gun is right for you? Bond Arms is changing the way guns are made, and they're doing it right here in Texas. And when you shoot a gun from Bond Arms, you feel how solid it is, how capable and consistent. So whether you're a gun collector, a first-time buyer, or choosing a gun for whatever it is, choosing the gun that is right for you that you're going to carry is very personal. Don't let anybody talk you into a gun. You've got to shoot it and feel comfortable with it. But you want to shoot, feel comfortable, be able to have flexibility, and quite honestly, have fun? See what Bond Arms has to offer at blazebond.com. Do your homework, and when you do, visit blazebond.com. I have I want to play this report from Orlando. This this happened before the shooting. I want you to listen to the report that came from the Orlando local news about a visit from an imam to the mosque in Orlando. Listen. Dr. Farouk Sekalashvar lives in Iran, according to his online bio, and he's been condemning homosexuals since at least 2013. Death is the sentence. I mean, look, there's nothing to be embarrassed about this. And death is the sentence. He admits the Islamic death sentence applies in limited circumstances and is not applicable under U.S. law. But he also says the only way gays and lesbians can be forgiven is to die. Well, we have to have that compassion for people. With homosexuals, it's the same. Out of compassion, let's get rid of him now. Out of compassion, we must love them and kill them now. If that's not Adolf Hitler stuff, what is? Out of compassion, we have to take those disabled babies or those inferior people, the elderly, the infirm, the Jew, and get out of compassion, kill them. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The horrible shooting in Orlando, Florida. Terrible tragedy that happened over the weekend. We'll give you the update. 
and one of the heroes of the shooting. We begin there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to tell you the story about Joshua McGill. McGill was at the Pulse, the nightclub in Orlando, and he and his roommates were getting their last drinks at the bar. When they heard three loud bangs, they didn't see any shooter At first, they thought it might have something to do with the sound system uh, of the club. But they went outside of the club, and they didn't realize exactly what was happening at this time. They thought maybe somebody was playing a joke. Maybe it was a system. Maybe it was a firework that had been set off. And then they heard more gunshots and saw a few staff members running. And that's when they knew it was serious. And he, he ran into the parking lot. His friends jumped the fence. He didn't know if the gunman was outside, so he hid under an SUV in the parking lot for protection, hoping to wait things out. When the gunshots started to get further away, he planned to run to this protected area and seek the help of police. But it was at that moment that he heard mumbling. He said while he was under the vehicle, he heard a man panting and mumbling And the man was covered in blood. The man's name is Rodney. That's all we know. He said, I think I got shot. He saw that he had two gunshot wounds in each arm. So he took off his shirt. And he tied it around the wounds. Telling him, Rodney, everything's going to be okay. That's when he realized that he had also been shot in the back. And so he applied pressure to the wound on his back. After he had tended to the wounds, he went and he guided Rodney through the parking lot, bringing him directly to an officer, and they took him to emergency room. McGill was still there applying pressure to the man's back the entire ride to the hospital. While this was happening, McGill's friends, they went home. They got home safely. After it was all over, Ed Rodney was being sewn up. He wrote in his Facebook, Joshua did. He said, I hid under a car, one of the victims that was shot. I tied my shirt over his wounds. At one point, he, he said he discussed the idea of trying to promise this complete stranger that he'd be okay while not really even being sure if Rodney would pull through. He had left the hospital before he knew whether or not Rodney was going to be okay. Well, Rodney's friends reached out to Josh to let him know he's now in stable condition. Is he a hero or is he just an American? Is this the way we behave? I want to make it really clear to those who are our enemies. 
We're not gay or straight. We're not black, white, brown. We're not Christian. We're not atheists. We're human. We're Americans. But we're human. And hatred and bigotry and murder is a human disease. Who has this disease? Well, the wealthiest 1% have it. But so do the poorest 1%. And everyone in between. In an all-white neighborhood and an all-black neighborhood or all-immigrant neighborhood. East, west, farm, city, north, south, left, or right. We all have the potential of being afflicted by that disease. I hope what America felt this weekend was that we are under attack. That the war is being brought to us. And that we will fight for human rights. Because I don't have any more rights than you do. I don't have, there's no such thing as Christian rights. Or atheist rights. Or straight rights. Or gay rights. They're human rights. We all have human rights. I don't have more than you do. You don't have more than I do. You can have... I will, I will defend the fact that you must have all of mine and I must have all of yours. Why do we narrow rights down when we all have them? Equal human rights should be our rallying cry. And the only race that I will condemn, the only race that I will defend, is the human race. Because your color, your skin, the color of my skin, it doesn't matter. What church you go to or what church you don't go to doesn't matter to me. I think Penn Jillette is a more, a more honorable man than some, some people who I've met who have claimed to be people of faith. And I will argue to my last breath that my daughter and my wife don't have to share a bathroom with a man who feels today like a woman. But I also will defend his right to live his or her life as he chooses. And I will stand in front of him as a shield if someone chooses to persecute him. I'm a Mormon, but if they come for the Catholics, then I'm Catholic. I'm a Mormon, but if they come for a Jew, I'm a Jew. If they slaughter the peaceful Palestinians, then I'm a Palestinian. The Muslims who are crying out to us and our government, help us in our own American communities, Help us against these people who are threatening our lives and trying to drag us back into the dark ages with Sharia law. Those people are being silenced by those who wish to control both Muslim and American, both left and right. I hope yesterday we all thought I will not condemn all Muslims, just like I wouldn't condemn all Germans in World War II nor as we did condemn all Japanese Americans and put them into concentration camps. That seems to be a mistake. However, I will speak the truth. Islam, as practiced by the majority of Muslims in the Arab world, who embrace Sharia law, or who embrace Sharia law here or in Europe, are evil. Sharia law is evil, and it is a plague on mankind, on women, on children, on gay, on straight, on Muslim, and not. If that makes me an infidel, I wear it as a badge of honor.
I want you to understand these things that I say now, these things that hopefully you have said over the weekend are going to take greater courage to say out loud as each day passes with the majority of Americans remaining silent or their face buried into their social media and our political parties and media remained, if I may say politely, misguided. Lies, fear, manipulation, the thirst for power, they don't belong to one political party or another. I mean, how many, what is it, 65% of Americans that are like, really? These are our choices? These two, that's what we have to choose from. Why do you feel that way? Because it doesn't belong to one. The bad things belong to humans. Not one race, not one class, not one creed, not one party. Totalitarian tendencies, corruption, a twisting of God. And what God believe, you know, what God stands for, that's not one religion and not the others. All of these things are part of the human race. It's not going to be easy or popular. But we have to stand in everyone else's defense. Pendulette talked about this last week when he said, I went to the Reason Rally in Washington and I begged my fellow atheists. Let's not hate the Christians. Let's be open-minded and tolerant. Let's not do what we claim they have done to us. Taking a stand only really matters when you link arms with those who don't share your own viewpoints or lifestyle. Let me say that again. It only counts to stand and link arms when you don't share their viewpoint or lifestyle, but you do share a common principle that the individual is sovereign. That's when it's really super hard and it's going to get harder, but that's when it really makes a difference. You don't unite with those people who don't share the same principles and the same values. And what are those values? Truth, liberty, life, the right of each of us to be sovereign in our own lives. To those who wish to destroy those values, I will stand against you and I will be immovable even if I stand alone. But if you share some of the same values, even if our ideas, our lifestyles, our faith, our policies are radically different, I will proudly stand with and for you. I will. Will you? ISIS should know if you try to kill our LBGT, LBGT brothers or sisters. You're going to have to come through all of us. We have spent seemingly my entire life talking about the rainbow and all the different colors. But how do you get those colors of the rainbow? You shine a light through a prism 
and it breaks that color up. And that's the spectrum of light. We have spent the entire, my, almost my entire life looking at the prism in one direction and seeing all of the different colors. What do you say we turn it around and we recognize that, yes, there are all of these great colors. But if we reverse the, the prism, what shines out of the other side is one white light. And the way to conquer evil, the way to conquer darkness, is not with a rainbow. But with the united colors of light. Back in a second, our sponsors, My Patriot Supply. When there is a disaster, government agencies swoop in and they tell you how to fix it. And they're in the they're doing it right now. They'll fix it for you. And what you lose by them fixing is your freedom. Little by little, we lose more of it. Be part of the solution and be prepared. Make sure you have food for your family during any emergency. Have you seen what's happening in, in um, uh, Europe now with the banks? The banks are on the verge of collapse. And it looks like it's getting pretty nasty and pretty hairy. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. I know we've seen that kind of stuff happen in Europe before. It was called the 1920s and 30s. Make sure you have food for your family during any emergency. And right now, if you mention my name, they're going to send you a four-week food supply for only $99. That is 54% off the regular price. You're saving $108. I think it's $118. The price is $99 for you. Four weeks of food for only $99. It makes sense to prepare, but it makes even more sense to prepare while saving a ton of money at the same time. Call now. Limit two per caller. 800-200-7163. 800-200-7163. Or you can go to preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. 800-200-7163. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Let's, uh, let's, go, to, um, let's go to some audio from uh, yesterday. What do you have that's... I mean, first of all, can we play the, um, the cleric again? This is... The, you know, I know that the president wants Surely. to make this about guns... But we, have, we better wake up, America. You better wake up. Listen to the cleric in Orlando. Dr. Farouk Sekalashvar lives in Iran, according to his online bio, and he's been condemning homosexuals since at least 2013. Death is the sentence. I mean, look, there's nothing to be embarrassed about this. Death is the sentence. 
He admits the Islamic death sentence applies in limited circumstances and is not applicable under U.S. law. But he also says the only way gays and lesbians can be forgiven is to die. But well, we have to have that compassion for people. With homosexuals, it's the same. Out of compassion, let's get rid of him now. Out of compassion, let's get rid of them now. Can I tell you, this is Oof. more well thought out, and he lives in a state where they do this. Um, so it takes on a whole new uh, meaning. Um, but do you remember the guy who was at the early part of the campaign and several of the candidates spoke at this guy's church? It was a weekend thing. The day before all the candidates spoke, uh, he was on stage saying, you know, I'm not supposed to say any of this stuff because, you know, and get everybody in trouble here. But uh, I just got to say, I'm, I'm going to say it. And he says the, the penalty for homosexuality is death, stoning them to death. And it, here's this Christian guy. I think he's in Ohio. We should look this video up. He was in Ohio. And crazy guy, absolutely crazy guy. I mean, we need to make sure that we're condemning all the way around. I don't know any Christians like that. But that's kind of the... Westboro Baptist Church. But these guys in Islam, they're doing it. They're actually doing it. Wake up. Yeah, ISIS. I mean, we, we talked about this at the beginning of uh, the whole ISIS situation, that they were throwing homosexuals off the top of rooftops over and over and over again. They, they were trying to purge themselves yeah. of homosexuals in their country. Remember when Ahmed Ahmadinejad said that there were no homosexuals in Iran? Yeah. Well, yeah, you're killing them all. When you find them, you kill them. Uh, that, that, that tends to get rid of them. I was really saddened by the girl. What's her name on CNN yesterday? Um, that that uh, she's a, She was the Soros girl that was hired by Fox News for a while. And then she went over to CNN. She's just a, she's a progressive crazy person. And she came out yesterday and, you know, she said, whenever you stand, you know, the, the Christians have passed 23 laws uh, in this nation, uh, you know, on bakers and yada, yada, yada. And anytime anybody is standing against, uh, standing against that, they're or standing for that. They're they're they they're just as bad as this shooter. Oh my oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So well, if you, you had, are if you are against transgendered bathrooms, you're just as just bad as Just as bad as a guy who killed 49 people. Hmm. Then you had the NBC reporter uh, who was speculating this was before anybody knew who this guy was. <laughs> And of course, the speculation, what is it every single time? Christian. Yeah, some white guy. Who is he? Why is he attacking this club? Is he attacking it for a reason? Who goes there? Who attends there? Is it just because it's a diverse club and he hates diverse people? You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, domestic terrorists we classify that, that do that. They're rooted in a lot uh, of white hate movements. interesting there. Yeah. He like, can't bring himself to say it's a gay club. It's actually right. not a diverse club. It's, most, it's designed specifically for one group. Did, did you guys hear what, how the president described it yesterday? No. He described it as a place where people gathered to further civil rights. 
What? It's a fun place for people who. It's a nightclub. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a civil rights bar. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't realize it's not that. a it's not a place you go gather for civil rights. It's a place where you go and drink and dance and meet people. What is the matter with these people? What is the matter with them? Unhinged from truth. Yeah, for sure. We need to stand in the truth. Whether it works on our behalf or not on our behalf, stay tethered to the truth. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Hey, 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 727-BECK. church yesterday, and I met a man who is um, searching and searching for truth. And so I spent about an hour with him um, in, um, in the church hallway. And we, uh, we talked about the Bible and everything else and And I said, you know, I, I, I can't tell you that I have any, I can't tell you that I have any answers. I can tell you what I believe, but I, I can't tell you that I have any answers. I said, because I personally believe that we were told, come back as a child. And that just doesn't mean innocence. Anybody who's had a child knows the most obnoxious question is why. Because you get to a point where you're like, I, I don't know, because I said so. You start out, well, because the sky is blue, because, and you, you start, and then it's just why, 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 I, I don't know. But that's the goal, I think, by the end of our life, to still be asking why. Come as a child, asking Why? In case you get to the other side and, uh, you know, God's a giant space octopus and you're like, whoa, I didn't see that one coming. I am a space octopus and I created you. Wow. Didn't see it coming. But will I, will I reject it? Or will I say, why? Why didn't you tell me you were a big space octopus? That would have been helpful. Keeping ourselves open always to the truth and always learning whatever that truth is. But centering ourselves on the truth that we know. Pendulette was in last week, and I got a lot of mail from people who said, you didn't push him back on God. He's an atheist. I got it. He's an atheist. He knows I'm a Christian. We, we're cool. You've also had multiple conversations with him already about the yeah. topic. You had him sit with rabbis and other religious yeah. people. I mean, this is he's a fascinating. long-term, I mean, multi-year conversation. Yeah, I mean, he's fascinating. Um, and we've had those conversations. It's and we've, taking a little bit longer than we anticipated to get him into the waters of baptism. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I have a feeling we'll be waiting a no, little bit, a bit longer. longer. Yeah. Um, But he said something to me that has stuck with me all week. And he said to me, 
last week. Uh, Glenn, how, how, how come religious people, they'll look at a beautiful sunset. He said, my wife and I were in California and we saw this beautiful sunset. We were standing on a pier and somebody, somebody in front of us said, nobody that doesn't believe in God could look at that sunset and say, there is no God. And he said, I just looked at my wife and she looked at me and we smiled and we said, uh, we could. And he said, I don't understand it. When my children were born, I didn't need more. I didn't need more. I was, I was looking at what was there and I was in awe and I was in wonder. I didn't need to go beyond that. And I just listened to him because that's not the way many Christians or people of faith look at. We don't need more. I want to share a, an email I, um, I wrote to him this weekend. Ben, you asked me while we were discussing God, how could someone look at a new baby and want more? On Friday, my first grandson was born. And I listened through the door to the birth. I watched my son, 11 years old, press his ear to the door and listen intently. And the joy that came over all of our faces when we heard the doctor through the door say, Happy birthday, Cohen. I held him in my arms last night. And I stood with awe. I was grateful for the gift of life. And I didn't want more. I saw your point. I was grateful for that first cause, as you might call God, that either created, as I believe, or just started the ball ball rolling, as you must. But in any event, I was complete in the moment. On the way home, my daughter called and said, Dad, can you come back to the hospital? My first thought was, Oh dear God, what's wrong? But I had confidence that everything would be okay, that everything was okay. And I thought of you again in that just brief moment of, uh uh-oh, is something wrong? Who could want more? Not me. If something was wrong, I wasn't going to beg the Lord. I was content in my joy. Because I know now that in the end, it's on our shoulders to make good things out of bad things. Good and bad will happen, but what we make with it is what counts. I didn't always think that way. Perhaps the biggest miracle in my life is just a change of perspective. I pondered the exchange between Franklin and Thomas Paine around 1800 after he had dismissed God. There's a lot to digest there, but the point I take away with great liberty was some men need a different path. Let them choose, but let's not look down on one another with ridicule. 
Who needs more? For that I am grateful that I want no more. Thank you for reminding me how full my heart is already. Perhaps, perhaps the best thing one can do for another is not try to change another man's mind or course, but rather see that our mere brush with one another deepens each man's joy, each man's tolerance, and if we're lucky, ignites a deeper, eager curiosity for truth. I wanted to share that with you today because it was a it was a weird weekend. It was a great weekend for us. Holding my grandchild in my arms. Seems like yesterday that Lorelai, my first granddaughter, was born. And it seems like a day and a half ago that I was holding my daughter in my arms. To watch Rafe, if you're a longtime listener of this show, you remember when we came to Texas to get Rafe, we adopted him. And you went through that with us. And that seems like yesterday. And to watch him mature into a good young man and watch him want to hold Cohen, his nephew now, the way he loves children. There's nothing more important than our children and our families and each other. I had a meeting early this morning about 6 o'clock with some of the people that work for Mercury. And we're working on some new things that we're going to be doing. And I said, you know, I, I... I was part of this play at my kid's school, Pat's school. And it was called The Spirit of America. And it's this, it's this play that, I mean, you know, unlike plays that my daughter used to be in at her Catholic school that, like, I don't remember what it was. It wasn't Greece. There was one. You remember, Pat? I think you came with me. There was one that was like... Was it nonsense or something? It was. It, I think it was, like, nonsense. It was like a Catholic school, and you're like... And, and there was abortion in it or something. Yeah. Remember? And it was yeah. like, what the... My daughter was like nine. What are we doing? Uh, it was crazy. This one is all about the history of America, and it helps the kids remember the history of America, and it starts over, you know, at the Dark Ages in Europe. And there's one part in this play where the kids are all reciting, each kid, and I mean, I'm talking, you know, five-year-olds are playing, one is playing, you know, Abigail Adams and Thomas Jefferson and and uh, and uh, Molly, uh, what's her name? Uh, Dolly Madison. Do- Dolly Madison, and there was somebody else. Uh, and Martha Washington, and they were all, 
the girls and the boys were all playing these different historic figures. And there was a place where it's about four minutes long where they're all just giving these unbelievable quotes of courage and strength and independence and, and truth. And I look up at the audience and every parent in the audience was crying. Every single parent was crying. And in the meeting I had this morning, I said, that's where we get hope. We get hope in a place that where we know kids get it. The opening monologue I gave today was not written by me. I was having a conversation yesterday about the things that I wanted to say. And an 18 and 20-year-old, I reached out to and said, what should America hear tomorrow? That was written by them. A brother and sister, separately. And I wove them together. The youth of America... We focus too many times on what they don't get. But there's an exceptional generation that is here. And while we might struggle with hope from time to time, boy, I think it's critical that we see them. Because they're going to be the ones that fix it. And they do get it. And now this. Um, you've got a company to run. I mean... Do you have time to go post on all of the different job sites and try to get, you know, the right employee? I mean, the reason why you need something like ZipRecruiter is because, you know, you're, you're hiring somebody. You don't have time to uh, hire somebody because you're short-staffed as it is. So ZipRecruiter's job is to make the hiring process as simple as possible and to be able to post to 100 different you know, job sites, plus the social sites like Twitter and Facebook and, and everything else. And then they have a, an, an interface that you can choose from 6 million different resumes that are out there, but also it filters the new ones in. So the new ones that are coming and responding directly to you, you can use it in the interface. You can go through them quickly and you don't have to hassle, you know, have the hassle with um, emails coming in from all different directions and phone calls and everything else. You just use their simple-to-use interface. Now, you can try this for free if you're a business. Over 800,000 businesses all across America are now using ZipRecruiter. I own two of those companies. Um, but we use ZipRecruiter, and we've hired people by using ZipRecruiter, and it has been a godsend. If you're like me, you're short-staffed, you want to get things done, want to get it done right and hire the right people the first time, Try ZipRecruiter. You can try it for free right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. I will be
You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. A couple of things we have to just uh, brush up on. First of all, apparently I'm getting hammered here because I didn't say LGBT. I said LBGT. Oh, no. oh. oh my God. I always screw this up because of, L, uh, because of GBTV. Yeah, it, it's thrown us completely off. It's so, because I always, when I say LGBTV, I always want to say V and it's Q. Right. And now it's two. And it's two. And it's two now. LG number two, that's number Q two, two. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because right? there's a new, what does the two stand for? It's called like two spirit or something. I don't know much about it. It's something about. Uh, I mean, I can give you the definition. I mean, the def- uh, Native American, isn't it? Yeah, Norwegian? it's something. Uh, here it is. This is. Uh, uh, let's see. Something two spirit is a culturally distinct gender that describes indigenous North Americans who fulfills one of many mixed gender roles found traditionally among Native Americans and Canadian First Nations indigenous groups. Okay, good. Yes. How I mean, many people? Really? How many know. people? I don't know. I don't know. I don't 800 know. million I, I don't would know. be my guess. 800 million. Good guess. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I know it's... Uh, May not be accurate. I, I don't know. Okay. So, my apologies. Everybody knows. I mean, you, everybody knows. Who was getting... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Again... Did you listen to the point of the monologue? Right, there's some point of the monologue. Oh, I was too distracted by the fact that you said it wrong. Yeah, I know. Could could we please listen to the point of the monologue? The point of the monologue is: Can we not get distracted on on stupid stuff? I think you got your answer. The answer is: <laughs> I'm sorry, Glenn. It's not the no, answer I, like I was it. looking for. It's, yeah, it's not the answer I was looking for. <laughs> Back in a minute. <laughs> going to continue to give you the updates as they happen today on the Orlando massacre and we'll share some thoughts about the shooter's father and from the shooter's father probably thoughts you may not have heard yet he was definitely not telling the truth when he said gee I'm so American and I love it and apple pie and I don't know what my son was thinking wait until you hear the latest from the father's shooters uh, from the uh, shooter's father and his recent past, like last week. We begin there right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is... The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. So here's the latest on the um, the father who we're supposed to believe 
is this uh, is just this great guy, and uh, just boy, he had no, <laughs> I had absolutely no idea uh, who uh, what happened to my son. Apparently, not entirely true, and we know this now um, because uh, he is well. Well, one, he's he's running for the president of Afghanistan. And he does a YouTube show. And on his YouTube show uh, there that he does in Florida, uh, he talks about how he, he's going to be the next president of Afghanistan. And, um, and uh, it's beautiful this time of year. And, uh, and, and how he is 100% pro-Taliban. And the Associated Press is saying this morning, according to their translator of these, that he is, it's full, his little, you know, cable show or his little YouTube show is full of anti-American rants. Well, that's a lot different than his statement. <laughs> it's, that contradicts all of this stuff in his statement. quite a bit. I wish I did know. If I did know, I would have stopped him. I, I knew as much as you do at uh-huh. this point. My respect and my condolence and my sympathy to those families, they lost their loved one. I, I was from Afghanistan, now I, I, I am an American because I live here for a long time. Mm-hmm. So my feeling is as totally American. Oh. So I don't want anything to happen here, but unfortunately it happened and I'm very sad and sorrow about that. So he, his feelings are totally American, yet he's 100% Taliban. The Associated Press reported that former Afghan Afghani officer said that the show was filled with anti-U.S. tirades. In one episode, he professes to hold allegiance to the Taliban. The show is called The Duran Jirga Show. Who doesn't watch that? Uh, Well, apparently not very many. Less than 200 people have viewed this. The show, obviously, very low budget. He speaks mostly in the Dari language. Bizarrely, in one of the episodes, he announces his candidacy for the presidency of... Afghanistan, even though they were held last year. Our brothers, uh, our warrior brothers in the Taliban movement and national Afghan Taliban are rising up. Inshallah, the Duran line issue will be solved soon. Uh, the uh, even stranger, uh, our even stranger, hours before his son opened fire, uh, he posted a video on his Facebook page, which is called The Provisional Government of Afghanistan. The video seemed to take a different tone from the statement he released following the mass shooting on Sunday. We are apologizing for the whole incident. We weren't aware of any action he was taking. We're in shock like the whole country, he reportedly said. But apparently wow. that's not what is... Uh, they know how to play the game. Uh, these these radical terrorists know how to play the game. Now, I, I don't know for a fact that he is one, but it, it seems like it if he's... 100% well, I mean, if you're 100% Taliban, I mean, I think that's pretty clear. That's um, to be, yeah. I mean, 100% Taliban that that does that does make you for Sharia law, yeah. which Sharia law says, you know, kill the infidel and kill the homosexuals. Well, and since we were at war with the Taliban, it does tend to be anti-American and American interests, and so well, it tends but, to be. It tends to be. It leans anti-American. Is it, what does, you're to say? it does. And then if he's also doing anti-American rants. That leans anti-American as well. Do anti-American rants. There's a, there's a, a, a pinch of anti-American 
in that little soup is what you're saying. Yes. It's okay. Yes. Just a, just a pinch. So I'd like to ask you this. Where do we go from here? Well, I think the only sensible two things to do is either eliminate the Second Amendment completely or eliminate the First Amendment completely. What about both? Ban all Muslims or ban all both? guns. Those are the only two positions that are uh, okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. At least according to every social media outlet. <laughs> but, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't understand, you know, we have a, it's a terrible, terrible day. And, of course, everyone jumps immediately to whatever their agenda is to push it because they're trying to see how this will help them. I mean, we've seen this with politicians from every side of the aisle that, that try to do this. Um, and I, I, it's really not that issue yet, right? I mean, this is a day where we're sitting here mourning so. 50 people who were shot for absolutely no reason. Oh, no, they were I, well, shot for a reason. I mean, that's, yes, I'm saying from their side, absolutely yeah. no reason. They went to, a, you know, a party and right. wound up getting shot. But there is a reason here. The Islamic extremism thing is a legitimate thing to talk about, and, um, and, and, and it has been the case over and over again. The idea that the most common rifle in the United States uh, is the cause of this because one out of the millions and millions that have been sold did no. something terrible is a ridiculous way to, uh, to to react to this. However, it seems to be the only way that anybody in the media or uh, celebrities can possibly come up with. I am I am addressing this on tonight's show on TV, just the gun issue on this, and why we should all be carrying guns. And um, I'm going the opposite way of the media, uh, and we're putting together a, a pretty strong gun show today. Um, but I have to tell you, in the 1960s, in the 1960s, I could have walked into a store, a gun store, a sporting store, at 10 years old, and I could have purchased a gun. I could have bought a box of bullets. At 10? Yeah, there, the, if I'm not mistaken, that. 12, a kid could go into a store and buy a gun. You could go in and buy bullets as a kid. You didn't have, you didn't have any of these things. Yeah. Kids, would, kids could go in and... You're telling me you couldn't go in and buy a twenty two. I'm almost positive, Pat. Hmm. The age limit is... I'd have to look into that. Look into the age limit, because I, I don't think there is one. Maybe it's 12. But it was not like it is now. It's not like it is now. You could go and buy a gun. And there were less of these. Yes, right. It's not a gun issue. Mm-hmm. There were more guns per capita a hundred years ago than there are now. Well, I mean, because the, the, the left's complaint would be, uh, well, yeah, there might have been more guns, but they weren't guns that were this powerful and this deadly. You still would have shot people Stupid with argument. them. Well, but I mean, it, Stupid for argument. example, Alan Grayson, uh, who we know is in the douche hall of fame. This happened in his area. And so he was on television talking about how we need to ban all these guns and, and say how we need to get rid of AR-15s. The reason being, and this is a common liberal complaint, is that if he brought in there with his, the other gun that he had, which was a, a, a Glock, I think, uh, he probably would have been able to take out four or five people. But because he had the AR-15 and he could shoot so many bullets so fast, he was able to take out dozens and dozens. First of all, it, it, we're told he bought this gun legally. Mm-hmm. Well, because he's a so U.S. He citizen buy, with no criminal record. That's why he could buy Right, but he didn't buy an automatic weapon. No, and of course. So it's still boom, 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 boom. 30 times is as fast as you go. Boom, 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 30 times. Then you have to... Uh, I have to call you out on that one because Alan Grayson specifically said you can fire an AR-15 700 times a minute. 
700 times a minute. I'd like to see somebody untrained. Uh, no, I'd like to anyway, see. I'd like to, I'd see, like to see Navy SEALs, Navy SEALs yeah, fire a seven hundred. You'd have no to way. reload it. How many times? Unless you had a Rambo belt of bullets, which doesn't which work didn't with the AR, you can't do it. You would need. Well, you'd need over twenty clips. You'd need like twenty-five uh, I, uh, magazines. I just right, think clips. you simply can't do it. I, you can't do it. Nobody can do you, it. You would need twenty between twenty and twenty-five magazines. Mm-hmm. Fully loaded, so you'd have 25 magazines on you. You would just ejecting and loading, ejecting and loading, ejecting and loading, and 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 With putting it in the fire. Precision. You couldn't just eject and load, eject and load 23 times. No way. In a minute, without firing a single bullet. <laughs> couldn't do it. Yeah. No. I mean, it was typical, Alan Grayson. But the general complaint is that these weapons are able to kill more people. So when you have the crazy person who can get the gun, they're getting a gun that's able to take out more people uh, than before. That is the. That is what. That's their new common ground, common sense argument. Uh, that is supposed to, you know, of course, you know, what they leave out, of course, is that the, the peak of mass shootings was in the 1920s. Um, so not now. This is when people had guns that, you know, they were talking about the gang wars and all of those things back in the day. Um, so, you know, and of course, the AR-15 is the most common rifle in America. I mean, people do use it for hunting, right? I mean, I'm not a gun guy like, like you are, Glenn. I mean, you know this stuff. But I mean, people always say, like, that's not for hunting. First yes, of it all, is. that's not what the Second Amendment is about. But second of all, they use it for hunting all the time. It's a good gun that shoots well. I use, I, what I, I go out and I have two guns that I go out and shoot. One is uh, an AR-15 and the other one is a Lapua. And I practice... In the summers, all I do is practice on long-range targets so I could go hunting. That, that's, that, that, those are the guns you use, and both of them are semi-automatic. It's, it's no, it, it, they're not automatic weapons. They're not automatic weapons. You don't have, and you know, anybody who believes in hunting, I mean, I really believe you have to be a good enough shot to take the animal down in the first shot. But if you don't, if you hit an animal and you don't have it right and you don't have an automatic weapon, you ain't hitting it a second time. It will run. You're not hitting it a second time. A semi-automatic, yeah. <laughs> if you don't have a semi-automatic. <laughs> you have to be able to boom, boom. I mean, and I'm not a hunter. I, I just shoot targets for sport, but I, kept, I keep up. So in case things go bad and I do have to hunt, I know how to hunt. And I'm a good shot. There's no difference. I mean, I have an automatic weapon. Legally, I have an automatic weapon. I'm not going out and shooting. I'm not going out with an automatic weapon hunting. First of all, it's a waste of bullets. I mean, if you're not good enough, you have to spray the deer. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah, you're probably- But it is a fun gun to shoot. And I will take anyone who is anti-gun... And I will put them behind that automatic weapon, and they will have a blast. I believe it was BuzzFeed who actually did this. Yes. They took four or five anti-gun people and had them go shoot automatic weapons. And the reactions are hilarious. They they loved it. They love it. They love it. It's fun. It's great fun. Now, that's, you know, look, obviously, you can't micromanage every single person in America. We have a free society. This person 
as bad as he was, and the fact that he was at, talked, you know, investigated by the FBI, he wasn't convicted of anything. He was had no criminal record, and he was a U.S. citizen. The he, you can't you can't take people who have done nothing wrong that are U.S. citizens and get rid of their constitutional rights because you think they might be suspicious. That's not the way our con- what about happened to innocent until proven guilty? It's amazing how many people come out and completely forget about that. Are we why why are we even having this conversation? You didn't have this conversation when there was shooting in Belgium. We didn't have this conversation when there was a shooting in France. Those mass shootings in France, they happen. By the way, they, they, where they had they couldn't get those the guns. Ris- the the guns most restrictive gun laws are happening there. You're not buying those guns. You, they seem to have guns. I mean, we talk about this one being our worst mass shooting, uh, and, you know, I called it a terrorist attack, but they talk, well, if you put it in the category of mass shooting, uh, it's our worst. It's still not nearly as bad as Norway was, where, a place where you can't get these guns at all, and it was, what, 90-something people died in that one? And Mostly why? children. And why? Because there was, they didn't have police there for how long? Right. There was they no way to police respond. Come. That's why we're the first responders. That's why I say today... If you live where the gun laws allow you to carry a gun, carry a gun. I started carrying mine. I'm, I'm going to carry mine every day. I started carrying mine again this weekend. Carry a gun. We, we all should. If you live in a place where you can and you're a good shot and a responsible human being. I mean, just don't go out and buy a gun like, ah. <laughs> Wait. And I buy a gun, and then what do I do? Well, you should at least say. So I should normal English conversation with a person. Don't walk into a. There's a lot of people that they're like get a buy a gun. Yes, and that's not. I've seen them. That's not good. You've seen them too, Pat. You've seen them too. I was in a gun store in Philadelphia, and this this couple came in. They were I don't know twenty years old, and. and a little shady as it was. And um, he comes up, he's like, whatever you want, sweetheart, whatever you want. She's like, <laughs> obviously, first time she's ever seen a gun. She's like, oh, a pink one. I want the pink one. And I just looked at the guy behind the counter and I went, please don't sell them any guns. <laughs> I mean, there are people who do that. If you are a responsible human being and you have a right to carry, you need to carry. You need to carry. We're the first responders. Somebody walks into your office, your movie theater, what are you going to be? I'm going to shoot them. I'm going to shoot them. You just said they walked in. You mean someone walked in trying to do harm, right? You don't mean they just walked in? Mm, I don't know. I was at the movie theater this weekend, and I thought about, no. Yeah, somebody walks in, and they, you know, they're, they're starting to shoot people. Take them down. Take them down. Yeah, because, you know, in this nightclub, for instance, you had 300 people, 300 against one, but he had the gun, and they yeah, didn't want to take the chance, and so they you go couldn't. and you hide and you hope for the best. Instead of going after the guy, 300 people could certainly take down one guy. But there's a reason, I think, that they go to nightclubs and places like that. There, there's a reason why the guy in Denver went yeah. to the specific he movie He knows they won't have did. guns. He knows. It was a gun-free zone if movie If you had theater. a gun there, you could go hide and then shoot the guy. Yes, you could. So it makes all the difference you in the world. You can't have a gun in a nightclub. You don't want to mix guns and alcohol. So you can't have a gun in a That's nightclub. But Probably true. Yeah, it is true. You, don't, you, you know, you can't have them. 
That's why cool. they don't do hard liquor and handgun night at the ballparks. I know. And then when that stopped, oh, boy, I was out. I was yeah. like, oh, that's more baseball for sports, me. Huh? That's yeah. me. That's me. Now this. Has it been nearly impossible to book your timeshare for the week that you wanted uh, at the location that you wanted? You buy into these timeshares and then you don't realize they don't care about you anymore. Did you read the fine print and learn that your kids inherit the timeshare? There's no way out of this timeshare. Your kids take on the burden. The only problem is, if you're trying to get rid of it, is your timeshare, they don't sell. If your timeshare isn't what you thought you bought, timeshare exit team will get you out. Now, I didn't want to do any commercials for timeshares because I thought they're always scams. We, we vetted these people for many months, and we, we went into their offices. I mean, I met with them here. We have really vetted these guys. This is a group of people that, quite honestly, um, somebody, I think it was somebody in the family, was trying to get out of a timeshare because they were, they were just being screwed by it. They got them out of the timeshare. These people will offer you a 100% money-back guarantee. If they don't get you out of the timeshare... You get every penny back. TimeshareExitTeam.com. TimeshareExitTeam.com. Meet with them face-to-face in an office, one of their offices across the country. Or you can call 844-321-EXIT. 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 Or TimeshareExitTeam.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Welcome back. As we uh, speak, uh, and the debate does go on without whether you want to control it or not, the debate goes on to gun control almost immediately. Uh, Every politician is talking about it already today, particularly from the left, but even some on the right are entertaining this idea that we uh, take the Second Amendment rights away from people that we suspect may be dangerous in some can't way. Do it. Well, How do you do, do that constitutionally? You, you can't, can't. You can't do it. And who's who do you suspect? Right. I mean how about how about right. with this? We we want to get rid of anybody who's had any kind of mental illness. Well, this country is on Prozac or whatever like it is, like crazy. Tens oh, of millions of people. And all of our soldiers. All of the soldiers who have had any kind of Oh, and what if you live in a home where a son or a daughter has taken antidepressants or whatever. So we can violate the Second Amendment or we can violate the First Amendment yeah. and take away maybe just the Muslims' rights. It's crazy. It's crazy. There's no solution there. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, it was good to see the blood banks at capacity yesterday. Uh, I mean, people were lined up around the blocks. Yeah, that was really cool to see. I mean, it, it, it of course, flies in the face of everything everyone says about Americans. Uh, you know, they don't care about, uh, you know, groups that are different than them. Well, except not one of them was Christian. What's that? Nobody who gave blood yesterday was Christian. Really? Not one. Really? Not one. That's yeah. confirmed? There were wow. Sikhs. There were atheists. I saw the line. It, there were uh, a few, like, Buddhists. Okay, but no Christians. Probably not, not a single Christian. Well, there was lots of you know, conservatives, though. Right? Not, not one. Not, not a one. All liberals. Yeah. Mm. Every one of them. Huh. Yeah. Isn't that something? I mean, you that look is. at, you look at that line and you just see like this, this, all the things no, we amazing. tell each other about, uh, about how, or, you know, the media forces on the American people about how bad conservatives are. I mean, and Americans are in general. It's just not true. I mean, you, you, people do overwhelmingly come to the aid when these things go uh, And go on. I, I will further state it is overwhelmingly conservatives who step up to the plate in times of need overwhelmingly something like triple the amount of charitable giving and all of that is done by conservatives we believe in the power of the individual and not the state we saw this in ourselves when we moved to new york at least i did i would see things that were happening in new york and be like why the hell is in the city doing something about this i will never say that in my community here in Mm -hmm. texas i don't say that right well, that was actually one of the things people gave, uh, always hammered Joe Biden on his charitable giving, which is not extensive, I would say. Uh, <laughs> really? Approximately 1%, maybe less in any given year. Oh, it's usually about 0.7. Yeah, but the point is with Biden, it's actually consistent with his ideology. Yes. His ideology says the government should do everything for everyone. Right. So why should he be giving anything to charity? <laughs> right. I mean, he's the only one who's consistent. It's Thank Obama. Who, his old style of giving before he was in the public was the same thing. It was yeah. 1%, 2%. When he got became a senator and started running for president, it became now it's 14, 15 percent, which is, a, you know, a good amount. I don't care who you are. Um, but still, it's like you don't I, care who you are. <laughs> wow. That was quite a statement. He yeah, didn't care who you are. He didn't care who you are. All right. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, that's the way I feel. OK, right now what you're feeling, that's the way I feel. <laughs> it's a fair point. Right, yeah. OK, uh, so <laughs> uh, but I think it actually is consistent with with his ideology. And, 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 you know, progressives can do that and say and justify to themselves. Why would I give any more of my money? I need to fight for these laws so the government takes more of it. I mean, right. That's what they so the ones that are hypocrites, honestly, are the conservatives that say you're a conservative and then you don't give to charity or, or you give one or two percent. Yeah, I mean, yes. I, and I think, too, giving your time is a big part of that as well. A lot of people do that when yeah. they don't have extensive money. Many, many people will give time. There's a lot of things that you can do there, and, and everyone needs to make their own decision on that. I mean, that's a very personal I, thing. I'm just saying, if we believe in small government, yeah. and if we believe that it is our job to do it, yeah. then give to your church who is doing something, or give to some somebody else. But, or do it yourself, yeah. Or do it yourself. Yeah. Give of your time. This is Mercury One's one of their one of the slogans over the years was yeah. if government's going to do less, we need to do more. Correct. Um, and so, I mean, I think that's actually consistent. Uh, what is not consistent is the stance that I'm seeing from everyone in the media uh, and you know the press today, uh, the uh, politicians today, which is we need new laws on guns. However, we don't need to apparently enforce the old ones that are already on the books. For example, I, I bring you this Katie Couric documentary from a couple of weeks ago. Remember, she was caught with a, with a false edit 
on a bunch of gun supporters as they, it looked like they were stumped and they couldn't believe this incredible argument when the real footage shows that they had a great answer to it and it was not controversial at all. They edited it to make the gun people look bad. The excuses were phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the producer said, well... He denied he, it at first, right? Yeah, the first they denied it. Yeah. Then the next thing, that, after it was, you know, it's too obvious, then they finally said, well, okay, but we wanted to make a point that of Katie's point. To let people think about that for a while before we showed their answer. And I don't know that they ever showed their answer. No, I mean, we the, got it afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they wanted, they wanted Katie's statement to, to stand alone. That's mm. <laughs> your excuse. So it's okay to edit what the guys And what they should have done is not given it not asked a question yes she should have made a statement make a statement you can insert they essentially asserted inserted silence to make them look stumped i actually sent this to uh uh uh, nick daly who does all of our about 10 seconds yeah it was a long to to, to analyze it because in my ear when we played it i could hear them repeating the uh, the room ambience when you have a long uh period of silence that doesn't actually exist what you have to do is take a short period of silence and repeat it that's what that's a very standard trick of reality shows because they, they they always answer right. I mean, people always answer, but they want to make the moment more dramatic, so they'll insert silence. And because it was quiet, you can hear the room ambience a little bit in the background. Um, and he went back and actually analyzed it with like you know uh, uh, I, I can't remember. an analyzer. That's about as technical as right. I can get. Right. It was an analyzer, guys. Right. Um, and he, I should actually post the picture of it because it's like one of those cool spectrum looks at sound that, you right. know, I don't understand at all how to manipulate, but he was showing it. And he said, yes, it looks like there's three separate edits in the room ambience to make the long silent period uh, sound like it was actually that long Amazing. when it was really short. So Despicable. Uh, so, the, so that's just in and of itself is, an, is a scandal. However, the Federalist has caught... Uh, the producer in the documentary of actually violating a federal gun law. The gun law, what they did in the documentary was have someone say, it's so easy to get a gun and you don't need a background check. Watch. They, we went in and got one from an, uh, an unlicensed dealer and they, uh, they gave it to us with no, uh, with no background check. Well, obviously, they're talking, you know, loosely about what they talk about when they talk about the gun show loophole, right, where it's a private seller. Okay, this was not, I don't think, at a gun show. Um, but it was a private seller, and there's no background check. However, okay, so wait, wait, wait. But a private seller is not a guy who has a whole bunch of guns. A private seller is a guy like me or you, and you're like, I, I've got this gun, and I don't know what to do with it, and I just want to sell it. And so you take an ad out and say, I've got a gun for right. sale. That's a private seller. That is, you don't need to be an unlicensed gun seller. Right. Uh, gun seller. Well, no, it's an average person who has a gun. And wants to sell it. You can't have like a room full of guns and and then get new guns in and continue to do it. Just, it's you selling your personal collection. Like for example, if you a lot of places you would need a license to run a car dealership. But when you have your car and you're looking to sell it, you throw it on Auto Trader or whatever and you sell it. Or you just put a sign on it and say for sale. Exactly. And somebody calls the number and then you sell your car. You're not a car dealer. Right. But you're selling your car. Right? Correct. So point is, they, they sent this person into Arizona to do this, one of the producers, and look how easy it is. We got these guns completely legally without a background check. However, what I guess they didn't realize at the time is that federal law prohibits out-of-state purchases of, dealer, uh, of guns uh, without background checks this, the way that they did this. So 
if it was someone in Arizona, the way they did it would have been okay. But because it was someone who was not an Arizona resident, they actually broke federal gun laws. So in their efforts to say we don't have enough laws to stop purchases like this, they actually broke a federal law. So here's the question. The question is, do we need more laws? The question is, why don't we enforce the laws that we have? Yes. Will they enforce that law? It's no. like, and the it's like, no, uh, they will not. what was his name? Chuck Todd. When did Chuck? No, uh, no, it was um, the guy who was the Meet the Press guy. Uh, it wasn't, who's the guy before? He got kicked out and they didn't like him anymore. And there was a controversy about it. Uh, I want to say David. Uh, uh, oh, jeez. Let me look yeah. at it. Anyway, anyway, he, he, he brought in. Right. Uh, what was it he brought in? What kind of gun? Or he brought a magazine in? Or he brought a... He David, brought a David ma- Gregory. David, David Gregory. Gregory. And he brought a magazine in that was beyond what you should have. It, it held more bullets than what you should have in the District of Columbia. They knew it. He broke the law. But we didn't enforce it. It's not that we need more laws. We need to enforce it. And we'd have two people who are currently in the media in jail. <laughs> yes. Now, I, of course, don't think that the, the law David Gregory uh, broke is a law that should exist. However, if it does it exist, is the law. I mean, they keep complaining about these things that everyone gets away with. And it's so lax. Is it? It's one of the most regulated industries on Earth, despite the fact it is a constitutional right. It is a constitutional right. And this is why this conversation about getting rid of, well, if you're on a watch list or if you're on a suspicion list, you can't buy firearms. It's a constitutional right. If you haven't committed a crime and you're a U.S. citizen, how in the hell can you stop people from having their constitutional rights? Aren't you violating also their Fifth Amendment rights in that process? I mean, it is a ridiculous thing. And it feels like. You should be able to stop people who you're suspicious of. I understand that. It, the emotion of the moment feels like you should be able to do that. Well, you but have you to, can't do it. You have to ask yourself, do you agree with the way crime was enforced on Minority Report uh, with Tom Cruise? Or do you not? Yeah. Should we actually apprehend people uh, and convict them based on what they were going to do? Or what you think they were going to do? I mean, do we need to put three people in milk baths and hook wires up to their heads and then have little balls drop out that tell us the name of the individual who's about to commit a crime and then go apprehend him? <laughs> is and this it, a serious question? Because if yeah, I get is. a straw and Hershey's chocolate, I'm in for the milk bath job. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't want to be in think, the milk. Yeah. I'd like to be off to the side mm-hmm. and in the milk and a giant straw with Hershey chocolate and I'll, I'll send all the balls down any tube you want. Pretty sure not a lot of people would agree to your be one of the three. <laughs> we haven't heard really? from you in a while. I just you should be... see what's in my head when I'm projecting on what you're going to do this afternoon. <laughs> it's like you look at this, though. The arguments uh, that we should take these people and, and get rid of their constitutional rights are from the same people who want to release all these violent criminals from prisons for, that want to make it okay for anybody to come across the border without being checked. That, are, that fight to their death for people like uh, the guy who killed the cop in Philadelphia or yeah. Leonard Peltier in California who killed FBI agents. They will call, make cause, causes out of these guys constantly. But when it comes to second, the Second Amendment rights that everyone should have until they can have committed a crime, shockingly, they are on the other side of that. It's like, you know, the, the one time they can find uh, to side with law enforcement is this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when when it comes down to people who haven't actually committed crimes. I mean, think about this for a second. The This government would think everyone in this audience was dangerous. Everyone in this audience would be on a watch list if this is the law. 
No question. At least is the highest percentage they can go. I guarantee you this. If they pass this law and they say everyone on a watch list can't buy a per- guns, I guarantee within three years that list will have tripled. Oh, easily. Oh, easily. Because they will find something, a reason to put everybody on that list sure. that they don't want. And again, remember, their goal is that and no one remember, can remember, they have access to all of your medical records. Mm-hmm. So anytime anybody talks to a psychiatrist, psychologist, family therapist, any of that, you'll immediately be on that list. Yes. And you'll never get it off. And you, you'll and never you get yourself returned. You won't be able to have a gun in the home of a family where somebody is having that issue. Right. right. Because it's too dangerous for them. The good news is to get their hands on it. Families generally don't have anybody to go through those issues. Family therapists. Oh, almost no uh, one in yeah. America. No one in America somebody has somebody, a child or something that has to go see a doctor. For, oh, that's nope, the good thing. It's totally fine. That's the good thing. Yeah, they won't be mass confiscations. The problem is, is how do you confiscate? You can't. You cannot. Well, they do a buyback, I'm sure, like like Australia did. It was pretty successful there. What wasn't <laughs> successful was what happened after the buyback because it Imagine didn't change anything. Sitting ducks. Change anything. We'd be sitting ducks. Yeah, in America, it'd be a bad thing. If we took, if we did implement the Australia buyback program, we would purchase. Uh, and what's the cost of this? 100 million guns, approximately, from the United States, leaving 200 million guns still in the hands of, I would say, the criminals, right? I mean, and other people who just resist the process. How does this turn out well? I mean, it's such a ridiculous idea, but again, they've promoted it over and over and over again. Now this, legendary investor uh, Stan Drunkenmiller, uh, he explains that gold is the the place to go be... Uh, a bear on the stock market, bull on gold. He said gold has traded for 5,000 years and for the first time has a positive carry in many parts of the globe as bankers are now experimenting with this bizarre notion of negative interest rates. He went on, some regard it as a metal. We regard it as currency and it remains our largest currency allocation. I was reading a story. Have you guys heard the story? I think I said it to you, Pat. I thought we should do a uh, a serial on this. Have you guys heard about the seventeen like big global bankers in Europe that have committed suicide in the last few months? I saw that you sent that. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, though. there's like seventeen bankers, wow. and the last three over the last weekend or two weekends ago, something are all really, really suspicious. It looks like they're being killed. Really? And it's it all seems to be tied together with CDOs. Clintons? No, no, <laughs> no not Clintons, Clintons have nothing to do. But it's all tied together with these CDOs. And wow. Europe is starting to come apart again. And it looks like there's a possibility. I mean, 17 high-level bankers all committed suicide in like the last, you know, year? Really? Seems unlikely. Seems unlikely because they're all very high-level. It's not like, you know, your local bank guy. It's very high-level. Um, but anyway, uh, something is happening in Europe and it's beginning to fall apart. What do you have that remains a currency, not an investment, a currency, gold for 5,000 years? Having precious metals as part of your investment portfolio is a good idea, if not a great idea. Please ask Goldline uh, about their Purchase Plus program, the industry's best new loyalty program. And by the way, if you've already purchased from Goldline, 
call them up and ask them about their loyalty program because they are being loyal to you and they've got a great program that you really need to find out about it. Um, call 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Call Goldline right now and ask them about their exclusive bullion coins as well, 866-465-3546. Read the important risk information, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. Well, here's some here's some exciting news. First of all, I love this question the press has today. Has ISIS infiltrated Homeland Security? Uh, yeah, through the Muslim Brotherhood. And the father of the shooter, he's come out with a new video today where he said, hey, I feel bad about my son, but gays do need to die. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. 